Today's episode is brought to you by Alexandra Park BJJ. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a full contact martial art and combat sport that was developed in Brazil in the 20th century. With roots in Judo and Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, has been developed and refined into a unique grappling art with the aim to allow a smaller and weaker individual to beat a bigger and stronger opponent with the application of proper technique. Based in Muswell Hill, North London, Alexandra Park BJJ's classes are designed so that you can develop your fitness levels, balance, coordination and flexibility in a no-pressure environment and to provide the opportunity to start a new sport at a reasonable price. At Alexandra Park BJJ, we aim to be inclusive so that everyone can benefit from this incredible art, not just the athletic or ultra-competitive. To book your free class, head over to alexandraparkbjj.co.uk or email inquiries at alexandraparkbjj.co.uk. Welcome to Audiobookish, an audiobook review and discussion podcast looking at audiobooks both big and small, as well as radio plays, narrative podcasts, anything audiobook-ish. This podcast may contain spoilers, rants, curse words, mispronunciations of names and places, and more. Hello everybody, you're listening to Audiobookish. My name's Fahad Rahman and as always I'm joined by Poppy Knight. Hello. And today we will be discussing Leo Moon, The Aries Billionaire by Rachel Wells and Jessica Adams. And I'll read out the blurb for this one. Aries Billionaire Mike Kirby is celebrating his 50th birthday on his remote island with his unhappy wife, hand-picked guests a blood moon eclipse and a rocket launch. A coma and a murder later is down to astrologer Leo Moon to uncover the truth. Join Mike, his wife Renee, her sister Rachel and Rachel's husband Neil in their glamorous world of swimming pools, horoscopes and deadly secrets. So firstly, I want to thank Rachel for sending us a review copy Mm-hmm. of this to listen to very grateful for that if there are any other like authors out there that are looking to get their audiobooks reviewed please get in touch we've been more than happy to kind of have a look at them so this is i think falls into the cozy crime yeah i'd say so mm-hmm. yeah cozy crime uh category which is not a genre that i I think we've done some of it before. I think I do, yeah, we had yeah. like we did the second Richard Osman as part of the yeah. um, British Book Awards. Um, yeah, that might be the only one we've done on here. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not a genre that I gravitate to necessarily. So it had that little bit of a uh, hill to climb in my head because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is not really the sort of thing I'd um, necessarily pick out to read or listen to intentionally. Yeah, and then kind of the other thing is I'm just going off like vibes at the moment, so it just might be a bit of a stream of consciousness. One of the things that it sort of reminded me of was the like I used to be a huge fan of Jonathan Creek. And it yeah. sort of mm-hmm. yeah, it sort of gave me that kind of like quirky kind of, you know, lots of interesting characters that are quipping at each other and, you know, making comments towards each each other that um that kind of reminded me of that, but it's very much like the anti Jonathan Creek because, like, uh, Jonathan <laughs> Creek was all about logic and having a reasonable explanation for the where, where this is very much like the opposite 
of that. Like Leo is very much well, the, you know, the the star signs are saying that what's happening can't be happening. So I need to find another explanation for that. So I found that kind of like quite curious. His entire it seemed to me like his entire motivation for investigating the crimes that happened on the island were just to kind of like prove his beliefs true. And I, I'm not too sure how I felt about it. how. Um, what type of vibes did you kind of get off the book? Yeah, so definitely cozy crime, like you say. Yeah. Um, and it isn't something I've read or listened to much of either, but I have watched a lot of like TV cozy crime. It probably is something that I gravitate towards on TV. So I guess I felt a bit more familiar with the genre, a bit more keen to, yeah, it didn't have to climb the hill for me. Um, and then, yeah, interesting that you say about Jonathan Creek, that was something I liked as well. Um, wasn't it like magic element to that? Or is that just one episode that I'm thinking of? Yeah, so with with Jonathan Creek, he is a magician's assistant. Yes, so he's very so, much yeah. a, he's very much a magician's assistant in the vein of like Penn and Teller, where like mm. that for him is like, right, I'm going to show you how the trick is done because like anyone yeah. that tells you that they've got magic powers is obviously lying but in terms of like the vibe of that show had it kind of like the, i mean i remember there's one joke in jonathan creek that i think still sticks in my head where they made a bet about whether or not a police officer was male or female or not and it wasn't like a trans thing it's just like they genuinely couldn't decide off the officer's name and their appearance and they kept on losing the bet to each other because if oh, that proves that that you know that officer's her. so right. it's kind of like that that sort of um that sort of thing so, and it had a f- similar quirky style of humor in this Mm. as well so yeah yeah no fair I just thought it was yeah it was interesting that kind of if I was remembering it rightly about that sort of magic link and then obviously a different thing but that idea of having a a thread through it with this one obviously being the astrology stuff and I wanted to talk about that because I think for a lot of it I was kind of just okay sure I'll follow along with what you're saying right so like he'd say the charts say this the stars mean that and I'd be like okay sure I'll take that on face value go for it and that was fine but what I liked was nearer the end there were a couple instances where it was more like the astrology gives clues so there was a bit Mm. about Pluto and there was a bit as well about like a specific feature of this eclipse and what it meant and what it meant that they went and looked for that I thought worked really well and that's something that I think in future ones in the series because yeah they have plans to do uh, one for each star sign I believe I would like that to be in there even more you know so that the listener and certainly the listener who doesn't know astrology very well but I think even if you did there was a lot where it was just kind of like the charts say this and you go okay without you having the charts I think even if you know you wouldn't know kind of thing um but yeah that's something that i'd like more of in the other ones where it's like we can follow the the clue of you know this planet this star this meaning of this astrological event is sending the the investigation in this direction or in that direction and stuff so i quite liked those what did you think about that yeah i thought that it was kind of like i I agree with you it's kind of he was you could kind of forgive it a little bit because this is like his first adventure and he didn't mm-hmm. really know what he was doing. And then <laughs> like him kind of towards the end of the book where he is a little bit lost, he does kind of like, well, well let me have a look at the star charts again. And then, so mm. maybe to explain a little bit about the team that we're working with. So we've yes. got um, Leo Moon, we've got his mum, Helena, and like Karen. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I, I, how would you describe like Karen's relationship with like Helen and Leo is it just like Leo's she's, friends yeah she's Leo's yeah. friend yeah a, a journalist from America yeah 
and they're invited to this island because Helena is the I always I'm gonna get in, in trouble. Is is it the astrology? Yes, that's that's the astronomy is the science, isn't it? So she's the astrologer, yeah. Yes, she's the astrologer for this um, billionaire who's very much sort of in the vein of Elon Musk, mm. uh, I'd I'd guess. And um, yeah, they they turn up to this uh, island as part of these birthday plans and this rocket launch. And yeah, their chemistry is kind of quite interesting. But mm-hmm. yeah, like his yeah his reliance on those the star signs kind of really stems from like him going back to his mum and his mum saying like you need to look at this. Mm-hmm. Again, and then mm-hmm. kind of getting hints from his mum because his mum's very sort of passive mm-hmm. in the story. She's kind of like, how would you describe his mum's character? Actually, I think that's kind of like a interesting take because she's very like, um, yeah, kind of. If I was like casting, I'd have maybe someone like Dame Maggie Smith, right, in that sort of role. She gives up very that that much of that that sort of energy. I yeah, think. I don't, I don't know how I describe. I certainly don't know what like specific words I could put to her. Um, but maybe she has kind of a, maybe a bit of a nanny og kind of character mm, about yeah, her, um, yeah. something like that. Um, she's kind of quite eccentric, but also can be quite serious at times. They make quite a lot of her being into toy boys um, yes. and enjoying having fun. But then also she, yeah, does want, well, she doesn't necessarily want to get the job done. She wants the job to get done um, and she's happy for Leo to do it. And she's kind of judgy. Uh, for other characters so especially there's um, Mystic mm-hmm. Marjorie who instead of looking at astrology um, consults the spirits and she's very disparaging towards her and quite judging stuff so she's an interesting character and I think one of the notes that I had down here was that I think those three core characters there's a lot of scope for them in future books you know yes. we've been introduced to them we've been introduced to them well their characters have been well established even if I can't put it into good words to describe them and yeah I think there's a, a lot of space for them to be involved in more adventures for their um relationships to change for their dynamics to change for their characters to develop just all sorts of things that um i think there's a lot that you can take from those three yeah i think i i'd uh definitely agree with that i think i i also kind of quite like the fact that you know helen is not karen's biggest fan mm. and then yeah the, the other thing i liked about helena's character is that she's very much happy to be like the front person but is mm. like it seems like leo maybe does more of like the legwork mm-hmm. behind the scenes he's very kind of um and that's the other reason why it reminded me of like jonathan creek because jonathan right. creek mm-hmm. didn't he was like he designed the magic tricks but he wasn't really that comfortable being on stage and performing mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. so and i think that's very similar to kind of like leo's character he seems to be a little bit reluctant to be front and center stage yeah yeah good <laughs> i did want to briefly touch on helena's relationship with marjorie who is the ghost whisperer i guess we could kind of say and i just found it hilarious that <laughs> as someone who's maybe a bit skeptical about these things that these two branches of what i would consider like nonsense look down on each other, on each other of, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah so i felt that as kind of like no ghosts are kind of like you know obviously Marjorie isn't effective in her kind of like uh, her use of like tapping into the spirit world, but you know, and Helena and Leo are effective with their use of star signs. But I did find that kind of quite funny that these two branches of like nonsense kind of like were a little bit at war. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like 
It reminded me of uh, there's bits in Ghosts, you know, the BBC show, um, yeah. where the ghosts are like, imagine believing in ghosts. That's ridiculous. And yeah. he's like, yeah, but we are real. <laughs> um, so I like, yeah, it's a similar kind of joke there that comes across well in this. It's quite fun. Yeah. So I need to make a little bit of confession with my review. Um, okay. I'm, I may have fell asleep during my <laughs> listening uh, of this uh, uh, on Sunday evening. I, you know, I, you, I just put the audio book down and just kind of like, yeah, I, I might have fallen asleep for a little bit. So there, there might have been some details that I um that I missed out in terms of like the uh, <laughs> of like the, the the murder mystery side of thing. But I think I did catch the general gist in terms of how the mystery was set out how effective and engaging do you think that was yeah i thought it was quite good actually i definitely did find myself drawn in uh in fact yeah i have written down here found myself drawn in by the mystery um so yeah i don't think i necessarily was like right from the off i think i needed to warm up into it um Mm. but once it got to the meatier stuff of the plot i did find myself going oh what happened there what was that character doing at that point where are we going to go next um stuff like that and the and the twists that yeah I, i think that was quite good what about you yeah, I, I think it was quite well plotted just in terms of like the timing in which each twist and turn happened in the plot. It's kind of you you think it's going one way, then an event happens that turns everything around and then you mm-hmm. think it's going another way. Then uh, an event happens that turns everything out or a, a character says something or someone goes missing or a piece of evidence is found. I felt all that was generally well mm-hmm. put together. And yeah. yeah, I thought in terms of like, the other, I mean, it's, I think the plotting is probably comparable to the other cozy crime uh, thing we read with Richard Osman. Mm-hmm. I think you know, both of those are kind of quite similar in the way they, the how well that they were plotted, I guess. Cool, um, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to say while we're kind of on writing, um, I did have a slight criticism about the writing style. Mm-hmm. Just because the there are a lot of characters in this, you know, you've got these three core cool ones. We've already said about Mystic Marjorie. That's before you even get into, you know, Mike, Neil, Renee, Rachel, um, Susie, Alice. You know, there's a there's a lot of people. Yes, and that's fair enough, and I can understand as well how that then causes a challenge. But what I did find is that so much of the book is just lists of said Leo, said Marjorie, then Leo went and stood over there and Marjorie did this and then Helena did that. And it it was so much of name, action or dialogue, said name. Or reacted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So yeah, so I didn't quite like that as much. That It it felt quite repetitive. It wasn't as nice a flow as I would hope it would be. Um, So that is a bit of a, a criticism on the writing style. It sort of seemed a bit like... These were sort of, if this were a visual medium, then you would see those actions happen or you would see who was speaking and you wouldn't need them and they would work that way. But in this case, it's kind of like those stage directions of the screenplay have been read out mm-hmm. and, and, and I didn't really love that. And especially I think with this being, you know, for audio, that a lot of the saids could have been cut out and that might have been better, like, especially because the character voices are all so distinct. Yeah, you work... In audio, is that something? Can you edit the text like that when you're recording the audio, but kind of just take out the saids and stuff like that, or is that kind of a discussion you need to have with the authors and the publishers and stuff? So mostly, the aim is for it to be word for word. Okay, but there are publishers that will do stuff like that, and especially the um, 
His Dark Materials books that we reviewed and that are my childhood favourites. I know there was one of my re-listens where I did a bit of reading along with the text and saw that they had taken out He Says and She Said. So it was still, I think it was fair to say that they're marketing it as they market it as unabridged, but they'd felt this is full cast. We know the character's voice. We can forego that He Said, She Said. And I think that was the right decision there. Um, And in this one, that would have been that would have been good as well. Especially because with it being written for audio, you can kind of take that into account. It's not a case of cutting them from the print version. It's just a not putting them in if they're not needed kind of thing. Yeah, uh, maybe something they might address in future books yeah, possibly. as well. Yeah. yeah, But yeah, it's definitely a strength of it that those character voices were so distinct, though. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. kind of funny because, yeah, everyone has a very separate voice, often a very separate accent, clearly deliberate for that differentiation. They are quite kind of caricatured, both voices yes. and accents, I think. But I think because of the tone of the book, it's fun, it's cosy. I'm by no means like criticizing the narrator. Oliver Chris and saying his accents were bad. I'm not saying that at all, but they are very much kind of like, they are very caricature-y. Cause, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the characters are and stuff like that. So yeah. And I did really like on accents, there's a bit that is in the text about how one of the characters imitates one of the other's Birmingham accent and yeah. does a very definitely not Birmingham accent. Yeah, um, yeah. And I thought that was A, just a really funny thing that they included anyway, and B, very well done by the narrator to even before someone's commented on it you go that doesn't sound anything like it and then someone goes was that going to be a Birmingham accent um so yeah I thought that was good what do you think of the narration I thought the narration was pretty good overall again this is like very much a me thing his narrating voice did remind me of a character in a cartoon that I used to to watch so whenever he was saying something that kept on bringing me out of the the Mm. audiobook listening Mm. experience and that's not his fault that's just like my brain making weird (laughs) connections to stuff um and you know you do bring your own um baggage to things but i thought he did a really great job of like capturing the tone of the text yeah i think so as well um Mm -hmm. and i think his pace and the delivery of some of the more humorous lines uh, as the one you mentioned about the um the accent uh, mm-hmm. attempt were performed really well and yeah I, I've, I've, I kind of enjoyed his performance to a certain extent but just having that you know hit that reference in the back of my head kind of <laughs> did unfortunately take me out of the performance a little bit but I did have a kind of a look at other stuff that he's performed and he's done a lot of different so it'd be interesting to see whether you know when um, you're listening to and narrator you just think is this the voice that they use for like every book Mm, yeah and i was just thinking or maybe this is just a voice he's using for this particular book because and then yeah maybe interested to kind of see if i'd have the reaction same reaction to all the audio books that he'd done or not kind of making that silly connection in my head no that's fair it reminded me actually as well a colleague of mine said of something we were listening to this week because we could hear kind of the uh narrating and then you heard a bit of talking to the producer and then she was saying how it's cool to hear his um like normal voice <laughs> as opposed to his narrating voice and stuff like that so yeah no yeah, that is, yeah, that is yeah. very fair yeah in terms of the uh, i mean I'm, I'm gonna come to kind of maybe come to my main gripe with okay. the book now so basically you know the story is about a billionaire the, the main victims of the book are all kind of like quite unpleasant people and i know that's a feature of crime, whether mm. it's cozy or otherwise, but I had a real hard time, you know, generating any sympathy for any of like the 
main characters outside of our detectives. I had like basically no sympathy for Mike Kirby. I thought he was an idiot. I didn't really <laughs> like uh, his wife, Renee, who comes across very much as a, I don't know, how would you describe Renee's characters? Kind of like very much like a, a trophy wife type mm. person. And then kind of like both uh, Rachel and Neil uh, kind of grated on me as well. So it was, you know, <laughs> I found it hard to enjoy spending my time yeah. with these characters. I guess is what I'm trying to say. As well developed as they were in, in in terms of like the tech, you got a real firm idea of who Mike was and what his character was like, as you do with Renee, as you do with Rachel, and as you do with Neil. So in terms of like the quality of the writing there, I think was pretty good because you can kind of understand what each individual character's motivations and how mm-hmm. they relate to each other. But just in terms of like me like i just i mean if i met mike in real life i'd have a real strong urge to kind of like just punch him repeatedly in the face <laughs> and I'm, yeah maybe that is the, the writer's intention but i found it yeah yeah pretty hard going how, how about you did you take to kind of mike renee rachel or did you did you find them as contemptible as maybe i did uh, i think i probably have a similar opinion of them yeah, yeah. um but yeah I, I, like you say it kind of is a bit of a feature of the genre and especially i think cozy crime because like if murders happen but you're trying to make it cozy and happy hmm, how do you do that and one of the ways yeah. is to kind of like yeah make you not so invested in the victims um yes. it makes it a bit easier to swallow and so you can enjoy the the mystery a bit more and stuff like that um and I also, I do think it's interesting, especially this episode following um, Edith that we discussed as well, for the kind of like, we spoke about, did we find that the production was like criticising a character in it, you know, in their morals? Yes. Um, and this one, I think, you know, it doesn't ask you to like Mike Kirby. Yeah. It tells you a lot of different ways that he is not a good guy. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, it, it does point out criticisms for him and yeah. you know he's horrible to people he um uses his money in selfish ways he's trying to destroy the environment um like stuff like that and it, it is very clearly like we're not on the side of this even though you know um helena in a kind of uh, has quite yeah. a friendship with him and does yeah. quite like him yeah it seems it has a fondness for him anyway so yeah, yeah i thought that was that was interesting but yeah it was still very clear on the yeah, we're, we're not endorsing this billionaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of quite clear. I think we've kind of mentioned the dialogue a little bit. I think especially Helena, I think she's probably maybe got the best lines in the book. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we maybe should talk a little bit about Leo just in terms of if this is going to be an ongoing series, whether or not you've found him to be like an engaging enough protagonist to kind of carry a series like this or not. Yeah, I think probably my answer to that is because I think that with him and Karen and Helena, definitely. Yes. um, Because kind of the trio of them working together, I think, works. Maybe you can see what you're getting at with that of Leo and his own, maybe not, I don't know. um, But part of... I mean, part of his character is his close relationships, both with his mom and with his friend Karen, and 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 that interplay there. And I definitely think there's a lot there to draw you in and and keep you invested, and to be like I say, yeah, played on in the future ones and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And then okay, so that, my my last note that I've gotten written down is a bit of a criticism of the text. Like you mentioned, he said they reacted. My little criticism of the text is it did feel a little bit at times like tell not show mm. um yeah. 
I yeah, think the two kind of tie together a bit, don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so I think you know, despite that, I think he was, he was generally well written for the most mm-hmm. part. But I think he said, she said, like you mentioned, kind of a, a long list of like character, and it's difficult. How you know, as an author, how do you have, especially the climax scene where you know, as in all cozy crime dramas, like all the characters are gathered together, yeah. very like <laughs> Agatha Christie in, in, in one room. Um, for the big reveal. For the, for, for the big reveal. How do you, how do you write that scene without saying oh, that person gasped there and mm. thing reacted in such a way? But um, yeah, I think that's something they might need to kind of work on a little bit mm-hmm. going forward as well. So have you got any other notes that you wanted to touch on? uh some quick things is kind of like again on the writing like yeah we sort of touched on it with plotting but there were definitely bits of that that i thought were good in the sense of like how all the different threads of different people's plans came together mm-hmm. um and that that was clever that something that you might think is insignificant it actually turns out that was completely calculated and part of the plan so stuff like that that i thought was really cool um and another one there's a scene where someone is being affected by medication and i found that scene very powerful and very well written that kind of like you really did get the sense of them kind of getting dizzier, them kind of feeling less themselves, feeling less stable, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. It just stood out to me, that scene, as being particularly well-written, you know, getting inside their head experience, losing sense of themselves that I thought was, uh, yeah, I thought that was written really well. And then another good one on the performance, but obviously kind of tied with the uh, writing I would have thought was when um, Marjorie is drunk and there's hiccups in there. Yes. I enjoyed yeah. that in the audio. I yes. thought that worked quite well as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that was kind of quite clever how he managed to kind of incorporate that into mm-hmm. his performance uh, mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, I think we've probably come to our recommendations. Mm-hmm. Then how do you feel about this book kind of like generally and would you recommend it to people? Yeah, I think I would recommend it. I thought it was good. Um, certainly if you like your cosy crimes, then I think give it a go. If you have an interest in astrology, give it a go. Even if you don't, um, I think you can find it interesting. And yeah, the different characters um, are good. The performances, well, the performance, but um, just because I was thinking of yeah. all the different characters. Um, but the performance was really good. I thought it was a, a good production and yeah, a compelling mystery in there. So yeah, I think I would recommend. Yeah, I uh, I feel bad for saying this, but I... Uh, it was just it just wasn't for me Mm -hmm. um unfortunately i think it's quite telling that i did maybe perhaps fall asleep for a a section of the book and i don't usually um do that when Mm -hmm. i'm listening to Mm -hmm. even when i'm lying down i usually am able to stay awake yeah i just i think it almost went over that hill where you know i mentioned at the start kind of like Mm -hmm. this is not a genre that i normally engage with and it didn't quite get over that barrier Mm-hmm. For me, I just found it to, for, for my taste, to be a little bit, a little bit too silly. I found the characters <laughs> a little bit too contemptible, and yeah. as good as the performance was, because of that thing in my head that the, <laughs> the narrator sounded like a cartoon character from a completely different thing, also took me out of it. So I think a lot of the reason why I, I'd struggle to recommend it is on my personal yeah, taste, yeah. and that's all we've got to go on, unfortunately. Exactly. Um, it's, yeah. yeah. And it's just more a case that you wouldn't, yeah, actively recommend it, but you yes, wouldn't yeah. either tell people you oh, know, I mean, they shouldn't. If, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're into kind of like cozy crime, kind of like, you know, the Richard Osmond's kind of like um, 
not Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, maybe Murder, She Wrote, that sort of thing. I think mm-hmm. this is definitely something that, you know, and if you're a fan, as, as I mentioned, of like TV shows like Jonathan Creek or Midsummer mm-hmm. Murders, I think this is definitely a series that you could get into and enjoy. It just like for me, it just wasn't. It wasn't something I can kind of like sit down and say, yeah, I enjoyed it and recommend yeah. it. No, so, that's yeah. fair. I think it's also worth saying as well, it is only um, five hours 25. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's quite a short one. If you do want something short for a specific purpose or you want to give it a go, but you don't want to, you know, have this big, massive book that you're getting yourself in for, it's not. It's a, it's a short one. So you, maybe that'll be another window for giving it a go. Yeah. And I believe this is an audible exclusive so that i think that's the only place that you can listen to it on at the moment uh, so uh yeah thank you once again uh rachel for uh sending us a review copy just a small announcement that we're going to make at the uh, uh end of the podcast we're going to be moving our regular episodes to wednesdays this is so we can release the episodes on tuesdays for our patreon so if you want to get that tuesday fix in <laughs> you can uh subscribe to our patreon and we'll release the episodes there a day early if you can please continue to support the pod by leaving a rating or review wherever you find us and if you want to get in touch you can get in touch with us either by email at audiobookishpod at gmail.com or on social media at audiobookishpod we're on facebook x uh, (laughs) and instagram and tiktok and all that good stuff so uh, i think that's it thank you very much guys uh let's say bye bye bye